0: Okay, you, you sound like you're a little ill. I sound like
1: a little down with the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your version? You're not even going to try that's, it? That's my Richard Cheese version. Oh, your Richard Cheese <laughs> version. <laughs> uh, I do love that this film has... It doesn't even do the 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 actual version first. It does a lounge cover <laughs> of Down with the Sickness and then ends halfway ha- ends with the f- song the halfway song. through. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't even really do you even get the oh, wah, ah, ah, in the movie?
1: Uh you do. You I do? think they edit the song in a way oh, so that, that they they up. keep that but then they go they do the oh, wah, ah, ah, and then go straight into the chorus yeah, okay. instead of like doing the whole like can you give it to me? Like, the stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, <laughs> in case you don't know, this is uh, Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy. I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. And in this podcast, we take a trio of films, and whether they're tied by number, by thematic elements, or even by cast and crew, we take those three films and we talk about the good, the bad, and just the straight-up weird surrounding them. And today... It's a, it's a momentous occasion for us, because it's our first time doing a different trilogy. Yeah, yeah
0: our first step into a different yeah. a different series of movies.
1: We went to the fun and easy Bill and Ted into what this is going to be in yeah. the next three weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, Bill and Ted, which was pretty much a guarantee at every entry that we'd have a good time. Mm-hmm. And now, <laughs> now we're opening ourselves. Now we're truly
1: down with the sickness as we oh, go yeah. into the... Our latest trilogy, which we like to call The Rise of Snyder, because the uh, connective tissue to these three films is its director, which is Zack Snyder. Mm -hmm. The man behind Man of Steel, Batman v. Superman, a lot of, I would say, controversial uh, modern day superhero films, who's getting his own director's cut on HBO Max next year, a four hour cut of Justice League. The Snyder Cut. Yeah, and we thought that it would be interesting, because we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut. Like It's it's like in the back of my head most days, where it's like, oh God, this thing is happening. (laughs) That day will come. That day will come. But it is not this day. So we thought it would be interesting, before we get to the Snyder Cut, and before we even get to his DC films, it would be fun, albeit maybe just interesting, to look through his filmography from top to bottom. Mm Mm-hmm. So that means the first film we're talking about today is 2004's Dawn of the Dead.
0: Yeah, so Zack Snyder was handed the remake of Mm -hmm. George A. Romero's 1970s classic. And
1: we did something for this viewing that we're we're not going to do often, but we wanted to do it for this one. We watched the Romero version right before we watched this version, because neither of us had seen the Romero version. Mm -hmm. It's one of those films that, like, even if you have never seen the original, it's so iconic that most people who like horror just know it's a good movie. Yeah. But we thought, you know, it would be much more interesting to watch the original and then compare and contrast going to the next one, which is at the detriment to the remake. But <laughs> we will get to that. Well, yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. And uh,
0: you know, and it, it's especially appropriate being that Snyder's filmography is so heavily comprised of adaptations or recreations of other people's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I thought it would be really cool to I mean, you know, it, it, he made Watchmen. It's not like we're gonna read the whole Watchmen book right no. before we watch no, no, Watchmen no, no. for no. that episode. But you
1: know, since I we, might, I might honestly yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like I haven't read I my mean, copy I've of it, it
0: before, but I'm not yeah. gonna reread it just for this. Yeah, but
1: and that's also one of the most interesting things about Snyder as a director, he only has one film that is entirely his own. Yeah. And even though it is his own, he has described it as like, Alice in Wonderland with guns. <laughs> so it's like it already he has like yeah. another. He he he, he wears a, his inspirations and influences on his sleeve. Yeah, which is you know commendable to a degree, but at the same time could be nauseating yeah. depending on what film yeah. you're watching.
0: So we watched we watched the original Dawn of the Dead and Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead back to back. So we'll be you know naturally making a lot of comparisons and kind of analyzing them side by side obviously the focal point of this episode is Snyder's Dawn of have dead but there will be a lot of references i'm
1: sure yeah it's it's hard not to talk about the original because in case you need to be told uh the original is better in every way <laughs> every single like it's way. there's it's very jarring to a degree just going into the remake like i knew going into the remake regardless if we actually watch the original or not like this is not as good as romero's version but I did not understand how good Romero's version is. Yeah. So when we go straight into Snyder's, which is just... just oh, it's such an e- odd film in itself. Such a
0: 2004 movie. Yeah,
1: it's, uh, it's just as dated as the original Dawn of the Dead, but it's not in a fun way. <laughs> no, yeah. Like I personally think Snyder's version of Dawn of the Dead is the most interesting and most fun to talk about when you talk about it on an elemental level, when you deconstruct every single part uh, of the film, yeah, yeah, yeah. because put together, it's not that interesting. But if you talk about what led to certain elements, the cinematography, the yeah. type of zombies, the, uh, just everything about this film just screams like the rise of the zombie film coming back in the two thousands mm-hmm. and studios, trying to capitalize on it because this movie was a hit. Don't look at the, don't look at the box office yet. I want to I play that later, but, uh, the this film was a hit but it never got a sequel because i think it's pretty clear with this film that like the studio wanted one thing they wanted a hit zombie film to capitalize on the fact that in 2002 28 days later came out and it was a hit and revitalized the zombie yeah. genre and they wanted something to kind of be a companion piece per se and it's more of like a uh, it's kind of a knockoff in a degree <laughs> like yeah. it's
0: yeah, it's kind of it, it. almost feels more like a diet twenty-eight days later than a yeah. Dawn of the Dead.
1: It's it's a diet both. It's like yeah. it's almost a diet everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the, that's all, that's a whole yeah. bag
0: of problems all its own. The
1: visual style is Diet Michael Bay. Yeah. The actual premise is a diet version of Romero's script, which he does get credit for. So they did use his script, I think, as yeah. a like as a basis. Uh, but was the this script was written by. Who would later become Guardians of the Galaxy man himself, James Gunn? Yeah, which is hilarious to think that at a certain point, and like at this point in his career, uh, I was looking through IMDb's fun facts, and whether all these are true or not is debatable. But I think this is one of the funniest ones, uh, and hopefully, it wasn't true. But if it, it is, that is sad. Uh, Gunn got death threats initially when he was announced because people were like, and I paraphrase. I don't want the Scooby-Doo man to write the Dawn of the Dead script. Because <laughs> at that time, that's what he was known for. Yeah. He wrote the script for the first live-action Scooby-Doo, which was a gangbusters hit. Yeah. And Absurd. he went right into Dawn of the Dead. It was like his <laughs> second big studio film. And there's so much in this film that is easy to talk about. But in terms of, like, I guess the best way to be, like, is it good? No, it's not, but it also isn't the worst thing in the world, it's just, I don't know, we talked about it last night, you said you were annoyed for the majority of the film. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was not a film where I was, like, angry that I was put through it, I mean, maybe if I, you know, had, was excited Mm -hmm. for the movie, and, like, you know, paid money for a ticket, like, if I was in 2004 going to the movies, big fan of Dawn of the Dead, and I'm like, oh, they're making a new one, uh, I, yeah, I for sure would have been pretty frustrated with it, but I guess you know knowing the context now what 15 years 16 years after this one and 40 some years after the uh, 42 42.
1: 42 since the original film which i think is definitely universal knew what they were doing in terms of like we want a film that looks like 28 days later and looks like something that bay would kind of make we want something that is probably cheap to make and capitalizes on a iconic horror franchise. However, it's been long enough that most people who see this film have probably never seen the original mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead, or have, but it's been years. Because, <laughs> like, this was an era, too, where I think this was right before, like... I think they probably started doing, like, you know, anniversary editions of the Dawn of the Dead once yeah. this film came out and became such a hit. But, yeah, it's just... Th- there is some... Very uh, sneaky ideas in here in terms of like this is in here solely because it is 2004. Yeah. And it needs to be in here. Like it's. Because in the original film, there are four main characters. They're all well fleshed out, they're fantastic all around. And in this film, the remake has like 12 characters. Yeah. And most of them, they're paper half thin. of them aren't
0: even named.
1: Yeah. Well, no. That's the thing. It's like I think the majority of them are named. It's just like they have to cut around so yeah. much footage. Yeah. That, like, because I think there's one character. There's like this ditzy blonde character, she's who just... does who does have a name, and apparently Snyder loved her in the film and really liked her, but they had to cut around her because they had to cut down the film, and so she's barely in the film. Yeah. Well, and you and don't really get
0: her name. She's one of those that's like weirdly suddenly kind of. Focused on late in the movie, but she yeah. never really got an introduction. Yeah. Like we see, uh, she gets a playboy Ty Burrell slamming her from the back. Uh, and that's like almost the first time we really yeah, she, focused she, on her. And she, then from that point on, she's she's a speaking character. Yeah, so and it's have, like, wait, what?
1: She shows up, and then she, during the montage sequence where that shows all of them hanging out in the mall, um, she gets like a sexy lingerie scene. And not even two <laughs> scenes later in that montage, you just see Ty Burrell having sex with her on camera. Yeah. Like, as he's filming them doing it. And it's like, who is this character? Why is she only relegated to this? And then you really don't find out. No. She gets a a gnarly death. But that's only because, again, there's 12 characters in this film. It's obvious they're going to kill most of them off by the end of it. Yeah. In gory, graphic ways. Because that's what this film was made for. To be gory, graphic, intense, very easy popcorn fodder. It's not like Romero's film at all. (laughs) Romero... Made a movie about
0: zombies in order to talk about people. Yeah. And Zack Snyder made a zombie movie to make a
1: cool zombie. Look how cool the zombies are! They blew Mm. their heads blew off. It's kind of it's really cool. The zombies run now. Which you know what? Yeah. Which you know what? It's not a detriment to him. He did exactly what they wanted him to (laughs) do. They they (laughs) literally
0: the producers wanted a version of the film more geared for younger audiences, which makes sense. Who had not seen the original?
1: Which makes sense because like younger audiences especially like when i saw this initially you just you just get onto it because it's like ooh, more zombie stuff yeah i'm down for this and then like there's even a party that goes in your head like there's more character development right like when you start to cr- question this film you don't really think about the fact that like oh wait there are probably maybe there's more to this film than i didn't yeah. see recently no there's not this, no. Is, this is paper thin through and through. <laughs> It's, it's, I think some of the most interesting aspects of this film are very similar to the Romero film, where it's it's interesting because of the time it was made. Yes. Well, like with Romero, Romero's is very interesting in the beginning because in the beginning, the pandemic, the apocalypse is already happening. Mm-hmm. But people just do not believe it, or they're just like, it's bullshit. There's no way this is really getting to be as bad as it is. Yeah. Which very much feels like a post Vietnam, like, distrust yeah. of the government. Yeah. Like, there's no way. It's well, like there's... these, 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 pieces of shit are lying to us. They're they're hiding something. While well, as in this one, it's post nine eleven. So as soon as the apocalypse hits, it's a fucking mess and everyone believes what they hear on TV. One, yeah, and e- even
0: even the progression of it is that much faster in the new one. Oh my Much God, like nine yeah. eleven, it's like, you know, on a dime, the world flips yeah. upside down, which was kind of like how it was after the World Trade Center attacks. It was like, oh, we saw it on the news and then suddenly it was like, yeah. we're, we're going it to war, re, countries falling apart. It
1: recontextualized every single part of a personal aspect of your life as in the community's life, yeah. just the whole country's life. And then in this this movie is not trying to say anything bad about the government. No. It's really not trying to say anything. It. It's not trying to be po- really that political savvy. There are some like religious weird. aspects that are really weird and kind of feel like... They're not really as they're not as satirical as Gunn probably anticipated them being. <laughs> yeah, like the, uh, like the preacher preaching yeah. through the TV about yeah. how what, yeah. like
0: being gay being, is gonna being make gay, you having sex
1: out of wedlock, uh, yeah. abortions. Yeah, like, all of those are the reasons why this is happening. Yeah. While as in the original film, it just was like it's it's happening when 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 hell is f- full uh, when hell is full, the dead walk the earth. Like that's yeah. basically all you get. In the original film too there's this idea of like why are these zombies so like why are they coming after us and they in Ken Foray's Peter who in the original film is the fucking star of the show. He yeah, is incredible absolutely. in that film. He basically says like they're not after us. I think they're just here at the mall because of instinct, of memory. Yeah, because that's what was, they did when they were alive. Yeah, it was a part of their life. And I think, at that time I think he says this
0: place was important to them. Yeah, it was important it's to like, them,
1: which is yeah. again, you know, you know Romero wasn't really that uh, subtle when it came to his uh, thematic elements, like no. the, in the the ideas of consumerism and how bad it can be. He's, and kind yeah. of,
0: he's not subtle, but he is very coherent. Oh no, Romero
1: right. Romero's a good director. Yeah. Like I love his stuff, but uh, in Snyder's version, it's basically it's straightforward. They're looking for people to eat because they're just mindless zombies. Yeah. you don't feel sad about the zombies or the fact that they used to be people. They're monsters now. We have no time to think about that. So you get a version of the film that is just a bare bones, kind of just an opposite of what Romero was trying to do, but at the same time, that wasn't the intention. The intention wasn't to say, fuck you, Romero, I'm doing this. Again, the the intention was basically to make an easy, straightforward Dawn of the Dead for a post-9-11 America in an era where it's like, the zombie movies were just growing and growing, so it would be stupid not to capitalize on it. And it makes sense. And again, I completely understand why this movie was a hit at its time. I understand, that like, there's people out there who are listening who like this film. I get it. There are, when it comes to gore, when it comes to effects, it's really good. It's, yeah. it's you know, bloody and gory and has, like, some fun moments. I mean, the opening, I think, is the best part of the entire film. It's yeah. probably the most reserved and, like, the best directing out of Snyder in terms yeah. of, like... It's
0: absolutely you know. a, the best showcase of his, like, skill as yes. a filmmaker. And mm-hmm. then the rest of the movie is kind of like, well, I kind of feel like anybody could have made this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Anybody, you know, yeah. who was directing in 2004.
1: Because the original film was about two hours, seven minutes... The theatrical cut is an hour 40 well, of, the dec- of,
0: of the new, of the remake.
1: Of the remake, yeah. yeah. The remake has two different versions. We watched the director's cut because so it was 10 more minutes, and you honestly can't really tell the difference honestly, between the two. Honestly, it
0: still felt hacked to the bone. It does, it does. Honest. I think like, it is. There it's, has yeah. to be more
1: here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is it is definitely hacked to the bone, for yeah. sure. I mean, especially since I think I also saw on IMDb that, like, universal slash their budget oh, no, like like a lot because like i think there was a there was another zombie film that came out in 2003 while they were shooting and it just didn't do well it was called house yeah. of the dead it was the uva bowl i remember uh, video game film which is absolute dog shit <laughs> so they were scared like if you don't if you don't if this doesn't work it's we don't want to get screwed over but it it does and so like this film was made very cheap especially for like the 2000s like I don't even know if this is considered mid-tier per se maybe it is mid-tier uh, kind of uh, blockbuster-ish um, but at the same time what's really interesting about it is the fact that like it just it takes from the original film and just puts it on a breakneck pace Yeah. and like hits the same beats it hits the same it, beats as the first film it's just well, not at all as of, good
0: kind of it, yeah. it, They it's the same premise it's these kind of separate people get kind of or they you know set up camp in a mall together yeah but the original has much more of like you see the characters like systemically kind of figure out how they're going to make it work in this mall you know they Mm -hmm. find passageways to different stores Mm -hmm. and they climb through the air vents and they grab supplies they get a wheelbarrow so they can carry their stuff yeah um they have that trick with the the first floor and second floor store of the pennies to kind of lure the zombies to one door oh no yeah
1: again it's and in
0: the remake it's just kind of they're in the mall for most of the movie and they kind of sit there and Mm -hmm get killed off or get yeah. mad at each other yeah. and then they try and break out it, and it, there's not a lot of like there's not like a really a journey they're on oh no it's just sure. kind of they're yeah they're there yeah it's and they have to
1: get out they they take the beats in terms of like they they take there there are four main characters i guess four prominent characters in the remake but they're nowhere near as developed yeah or as interesting as in the original in the original the four main characters were a news producer named fran a pilot named Steven who was dating Fran at the time mm-hmm. and two cops who were totally not gay for each other Roger and Peter who, uh, God, who uh, I say that because I, I was going to say I say that because there are a lot of gay undertones between them but it, it's not a bad thing they have yeah. a great rapport Well, it's works not really overt well. either it's yeah. like
0: you you can honestly watch it and see mm-hmm. it whether okay these guys are like suddenly best friends or like these guys are kind of yeah. into each other yeah and either way it works, it works really well, well.
1: And in the remake, the four main characters are Anna, the nurse, who we start the film with, who has this great opening sequence where you see her at a hospital the day before everything hits the fan, Mm -hmm. and you see all these people basically being like, uh, she's looking for a patient that, like, I think was at a bar, and it was in a bar fight, and he's like, oh, where is he? He's like, he's probably in ICU, and she's like, he's in the ICU for, like, a bite? And then when she's leaving, you see other people who have bite marks on their necks. Yeah. She sees a paramedic that, like, almost feels very Romero-esque, how slow he's coming up, but he's just tired. Yeah, he's, like, it's, laying it's a, yeah. in the
0: back of the ambulance, and he rises up, and
1: you're kind of like, yeah. oh, no, zombie! And yeah, but it's, no, yeah, taking he's, he's taking a nap. He's a paramedic who's overworked, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, he, she goes back home, she, like, has shower sex with her husband, and while she's having shower sex with her husband, the uh, news bulletin <laughs> comes on saying that everything's hit the fan, Yeah, and so, like, but they I don't, wait, I don't
0: even think they notice. No they don't. Yeah.
1: They go to sleep and then they wake up and then I think what's it's their daughter or the girl yeah. the girl next door shows up in their bedroom with like her lips ripped off. Like she's mm-hmm. got like these hardcore like yeah, she's zombie the... zombie uh nah. Yeah, she looks like a
0: walking dead zombie. Yeah, she's
1: got some zombie chompers on her yeah. and then she eats Anna's uh, husband who turns into a zombie immediately, <laughs> like... which is also different from the Romero version. The Romero version when someone gets bit, it takes about at having... least three days to kind of, like... Yeah. If you're not fighting it. Yeah. I think Peter says, like, he's seen them... it take about three days or so. Yeah, well, I think it's also... Depending on how much they've been bitten. Yeah, how severe yeah. the injury
0: is. And, like, yeah, I imagine probably, if you want to break yeah. it down, how close they are to, like, a major yeah. know, artery or something. And in this
1: version, they ver- <laughs> Like, they don't really describe it per se, but visually it seems pretty clear that if you get bit, it's, like, in a few hours. At if you, the most. Yes. If you get scratched... It'll take days, maybe weeks. Yeah. Because one of the characters gets scratched early on in the film and she doesn't become a zombie until, like, the end of the second act.
0: Yeah. And it is kind of. It's pretty inconsistent.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, the film is not trying to uh, set up any kind of rules. Besides, <laughs> the only rules that they set up are the easy ones: aim for the head. Yeah, aim for blow, the head. Blow their heads off, and if they get bit, they're going to turn into a zombie probably near, yeah. close to immediate. And so this opening, Anna runs away from her own house. She walks outside in her suburban lifestyle, which just feels like a post-9-11 imagery. Oh, yeah, yeah. She sees her neighbors turning on each other. She sees like cars running over neighbors. She sees houses flames. going up in flames. Yeah, she sees. And then in the
0: distance, you see the
1: skyline of the
0: city going up in yeah. flames. it's, it's probably like, the best. Oh,
1: okay. It's probably the best moment in the score where the music swells and like the dread and despair enhances. Yeah. As Anna realizes that the world is ending. Yeah. It's and a, it's... she's gonna have to figure out what to do from here. <laughs> it's and... a real like disaster movie moment. Yeah. It's like everything's and so, going to And she gets away. Uh, she accidentally drives into a ditch, and then we get an opening sequence. You know, that is just it. It just I don't I don't want to go into too much detail, but like it just feels so post nine eleven. Yeah, it is the uh, the using the Islamic prayer as if it's like uh, Gosh, horrifyingly yeah. scary, even though it has yeah. nothing to do. Yeah, the
0: opening like, credits start with the Islamic I, prayer. It's so weird. Like a group of people.
1: And, like, it's so weird, too, because, like, uh, apparently Gunn talks about it at one point. He said, like, in his version of the, of the script, it wasn't supposed to be a virus. In his head, he always thought of it as, like, supernatural, like a vampire oh, okay. bite. okay, Like, it just kind of happens. No one knows how it starts. Yeah. But, like, once someone gets bit, it just keeps multiplying. And in this film, it almost, like... It almost implies it could be terrorism. We don't know. Yeah. But it could be terrorism from the Middle East. And it's like, oh my god, this is... Yeah, you don't get anybody... This is dated to such a degree, it's kind of insane. The weird thing
0: about it, too, is that, like, there's no, like, authority character in the movie communicating this to you no like like in in romero's version you get the the guy the scientist or whatever the expert on the TV yeah. Who's on the talk yeah yeah i patch
1: he... francis for coppola yeah <laughs> he gets, he gets like this uh he, he keeps saying
0: like you know we're figuring out this is how it works this is how it works we have to be rational we have to keep these yeah. things in mind mm-hmm. and people are like yelling at him like how do you know this you know blah blah blah. yeah and then in in Zack snyder's version there's no character like that it's just kind of any semblance of like Cause and effect that you get regarding the virus in the remake is just the movie telling you. It's, yeah. it's kind of like like the opening credits, like if little subtle implications, like oh, why are we seeing the Islamic prayer yeah. happening? Why are we? You know, it's it's just weird because it's it feels more like in the very few moments where Snyder's aiming for some kind of commentary or yeah. message it's, like, coming directly at you from the movie. It's Absolutely. not It's not one character to another. It's the movie at you, and it's, yeah. for as little symbolism and whatever allegory yeah. there is in the movie, what's in there feels very, like, in your face, even though it's very unclear as to yeah. what it's saying. It's Romero- like, this is trying to say something to me, but I don't know what it
1: is. <laughs> yeah, Romero's version is a, does a great job of using silence... Music mm-hmm. using long shots to make the audience go, "Well, holy shit! I didn't think of it like that. This is not this is not what I anticipated." Yeah, Snyder's version is more like a "Shh, shh just let just let the movie take you. Just let it take yeah. you. Don't don't ask questions." It's, it's intense. Uh, it's visceral. Yeah, you, it's loud. You get you get bite. You bad. You get bite. <laughs> you bad. You gotta stay together. You just gotta you gotta find them all, which they do. Yeah, because the main characters in this are Anna the nurse from the beginning. Kenneth, played by Ving Rames, who is quite honestly the best part acting-wise in this yeah. film. Uh, Michael, uh, who is a TV salesman from Best Buy. Oh, yeah, Discount uh, Tim Roth. Yeah, Discount Tim Roth. And uh, CJ, the shithead security guard who gets a weird redemptive-esque arc by the end of it. Yeah, I'm convinced and, he's, like, Zack Snyder's self-insert character <laughs> in yes, the movie. Yes, yes, because, like... Because by the end of the film, uh, when you meet the security guard, CJ, he's played by Michael Kelly. Michael Kelly does a great does job a in this job. movie. He's Michael Kelly and Ving Rhames are the best part of this movie. Um, they Michael Kelly, basically, CJ, is an asshole. He's sexist. He's not racist, but he does have a tinge of racism. Yeah, him. there's that kind of flavor uh, to him where he's, you're like, I don't yeah. know if you would treat people the same. He's, he's homophobic. He's... He's really not a guy who should ever be the main character or at least a protagonist in a film. But by the end of it he starts working with the crew really well and gets a basically a send-off that is better than literally any other person's send-off yeah. in this film. Well, yeah, his trajectory
0: in the latter part of the movie is like, "Oh, yeah, you you thought he was a bad guy cuz he's cuz he's mean and rude to people. Well, he's good with a gun and yeah. he's
1: reliable in in Emergencies, yeah. so you better you better like him michael likes people but he's dumb with guns yeah so yeah. you need cj the asshole that you don't trust and think yeah. will shoot you in the back of the head yeah. and it's like okay you need the cool. gun guy so those four characters are basically the main characters yeah. and everyone else is just cannon fodder which is hilarious because by the end of the film uh, spoiler alert, which we're both going to recommend, you do not need to see this version of the film. Uh, we both recommend the original if you can get a copy of it. It's... Isn't it on the... Oh, hold on, no. no. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Because it's hard to find now. Okay. So I'd say if you can buy it used, definitely get it used. If you have to go on eBay or any way you can watch this film... It's hard to find. Yeah. It's hard to find the original, but if you can find the original, highly recommend it. Film is fantastic. This version is a pale imitation, but it was always trying to be a pale imitation. So it's like, it, it succeeds on what it was trying to do.
0: Yeah, And, well, by, the, yeah. and, and
1: by the end of this film, uh, not only do two out of the four main-ish characters die, by the midway in the credits, nearly everyone is dead.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: because yeah. that's the thing, too, is like, when this film ends, there are a decent amount of survivors, but then during the <laughs> credits... They have like a weird Blair Witch camcorder-esque found footage footage moment. And they they basically find an island they think is safe. And then they get overrun by zombies. And it pretty much is implied that whoever was alive at the end of this film is now dead during the credits. Which is hilariously more cynical and pessimistic than Romero version yeah. which Romero's version, well, version
0: ends is, on a high note I know. A bit.
1: what's great about Romero's ending is that uh, you think it's going to be like a Night of the Living Dead situation where the cool black main character is going to die and it's mm-hmm. going to be sad and like it's going to be a sad ending because like it's no one's going to survive but then it subverts it and then you get a nice ending that's very hopeful it's not saying that they're going to be okay per se but it's saying that they're trying yeah. and that means something which just, is yeah. so much better than, like, which is which is not, as, which again, I love the Night of the Living Dead ending, but I do love that his sequel is basically kind ending of. on a higher note. Being yeah. like, okay, I, I, was, I was quite cynical last time. <laughs> this time, I'm going to be a little bit nicer. yeah, um, And with this one, it just, again, it, it feels like a film that's not trying to make a sequel. It doesn't feel like it wants anything to follow up from it. It's just being like, they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's dead. Mm -hmm. everything's fine because everyone's dead no one cares and it's like cool i'm glad like i'm glad i found out at the credits because if i had found out halfway (laughs) then maybe I would have lost even more interest because again i I guess because we talked about it last night i don't think this is a horrible film i think it's watchable but it's still bad like Again, if someone said like, "Oh, I I, th- I like Snyder's version of Dawn of the Dead," I would be like, "That that's fine. Like it's it's I'm not it's not really anything to fight over." But if like somebody was like, "This is my favorite film of all time," <laughs> I would have to try and dissect that yeah. person's brain and be like, "What do you like about this that you don't like about I don't know anything else?" Because like even the same year that Dawn of the Dead came out, literally <laughs> weeks after this came out in the UK, uh, Shaun of the Dead came out. And not only is Shaun of the Dead a great like homage to Romero's films, it's as good, if not better, than most of Romero's. Like, it's a, of it's Romero's as good movie. as Romero's zombie films, yeah. while being a parody, yeah. per se. Yeah, they and, were supposed
0: to... The remake and Shaun of the Dead were supposed to come out the same weekend. Yeah,
1: and Don of the Dead ma- like basically forced it back, because yeah. the studio was worried. And that's even funnier, because <laughs> it's like, oh my god. And, like, I mean, this film is... It's as basic as you can get and that's not a bad thing it's Uh, just at the same time when it comes to rewatchability, there really isn't any besides if you want to see ving rames be a badass which literally watch any mission impossible film that he's in (laughs) and you get that or watch pulp fiction yeah anything you could be like well you can watch this film for this lovable brute kind of he's he is peter's character from the first film And they obviously, they they name him... Less likable. (laughs) He's less likable, but that's also this this version of the film. Uh, And he's also, it's obvious that he's supposed to be Peter because his name is Kenneth, which is obviously an homage to the actor of Peter, Ken Foray.
0: And Ken Foray actually shows up in the movie as the gay bashing preacher Preacher. on TV. Yeah, the
1: the Hellfire and Brimstone (laughs) preacher (laughs) that CJ believes is telling the truth while everyone else is lying. Again, Zack Snyder's (laughs) self-insert character, CJ.
0: (laughs) believes the gay bashing it is, preacher
1: it is quite it's also quite interesting that in 78 you have the super progressive liberal film that's not overbearingly like yeah. saying like this is better than like any kind of conservative values but then you get into this film and this film is super conservative and how it sees the world yeah how it sees yeah it's just, just a very everything. american perspective yeah i think very very post nine yeah. eleven 11 patriotism which is not again you even, is... get, you even get
0: the, the flag shot, Ving Rhames with the flag at the end. And... If,
1: if that shot was at a lower angle and spun around <laughs> Sparrow, him, uh, it would have been the most bay thing, yeah. and it would have fit perfectly. But no, we just get a beautiful shot of Ving Rhames glistening in the yeah. sun with an American flag behind him.
0: Yeah. The
1: film making it pretty clear that this is the man you should have on at your side. Mm-hmm. Not Michael, who has compassion for people who get bit. Yeah, no, no this
0: reliable, trustworthy emotional rock of a cop
1: yeah Bingram. <laughs> yeah that's who, what you mean who in the film basically one of the best lines cuz it just boggled my mind cuz it's so weird where it's like uh there's a character who is a who's a black man who has a, a pregnant russian wife who's a part oh, yeah. of the i can't remember who his name is but he i think he was a decently big actor at the time um he was like why should i trust a man who sold tvs <laughs> being Rames comes back with <laughs> the same reason why I don't trust a man who steals them. Yeah, and it looks like, right. at him. It was like, wait, 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 wait. Did and we like, establish yeah, that this character uh, steals whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, there is a good moment. I think in the bathroom when that character, uh, I cannot say his name. Me- Mecky Mickey Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, maybe. I'm sorry if you know he who plays we're talking Odd about. By yeah, but Mickey, like, there's a Mickey. He was in. Oh yeah, he's in Eight Mile. Yeah, that's where that's, I've seen him that's, in. That's, yeah, he's uh he's oh, future. He's in er. He's an er, he's an number ER number too. Yeah. He, I, oh, that makes sense. Oh, my parents loved er. <laughs> I watched a lot of er, so that's how I also know him. But uh, he plays a character named Andre, and he has this good moment in the bathroom after that scene where he's basically saying like, like he's he's like he's almost contemplating his life choices, and Bing Rames is like. Go say five Hail Marys in a bathroom. That's about as good as that's going to do for you. And he's like, he's like, listen, man, like I have a kid on the way. Like I'm just trying to figure out the best thing I could do to make things right for my kid and for my wife. And it's like a good, like, okay, this is. Yeah. I like these moments. These these are like a fraction of what the original film had, but like I want more epi- like moments like this. You don't. I, I think that. I think that scene is honestly probably from the director's cut. Honestly, because I don't know if I remember it per se yeah. from the first. But yeah, it just. I don't know what 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 is there any specific part of this uh, that you want to talk about? I mean, well,
0: you know, I mean, I just
1: probably the part that
0: stuck with me the most in this movie is the baby scene.
1: Uh, Not because yeah. it's a good scene, yeah,
0: but because it's just it's the weirdest scene of the movie i think it just I, it's jack yeah. snyder going for the wacky yeah. horror kind of
1: yeah because for me like when i think when i when i was prepping for this yesterday thinking about like what do i remember from this film there were five things the opening the ending uh ving rames <laughs> the fact that ty burrell is in this yeah. from modern family <laughs> like one of his early roles the first time i ever saw him mm-hmm. and uh the baby yeah. yeah those were the five things because yeah. uh so, we're, what we're establishing is that early on in the film, who gets scratched by a zombie is the pregnant Russian wife yeah. of Andre's. And once Andre finds out that any common contact with a zombie that breaks the skin uh, means that they're going to become a zombie regardless. So, he basically chains up his wife in the kids' section of the mall. Yes, yeah, like a and kid's then,
0: toy, like a yes, kid toy store. Yes, like a something. baby store. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like a baby the store. The whole thing looks like it's made out of, like, the alphabet blocks yeah it
1: really looks like it couldn't sell anything because there's so many different props in there where would you put the baby it looks like a nursery
0: not a store yeah
1: yeah and like they he basically chains her up she's like looking real bad oh yeah her stomach is like this gray with like purple veins all over it yeah they're gagged yeah and it's like at this point she's now a zombie and he thinks her his kid is dead and then as he puts his head on his dead wife's stomach. He feels a baby hand come through the, yeah, the you,
0: tummy. You see her stomach contorting and bulging yeah. with
1: movements from the baby. So he tries to get the baby out, <sighs> and it's gross. You're very gross. Uh, it's very graphic, which I, Blood's which I, yeah, blood everywhere. It's just a, again, I can see this. That is a that is a fun idea that it's I can a scene see that could be yeah. kind
0: of morbidly interesting in a yeah. better movie. Like but that, in, honestly, in this it's just kind yeah. of gross and uh-huh. weird. <laughs> and and, why is
1: this here? And in all honesty, I can see this as a James Gunn idea that is done so much better in the script. Yeah. Because, like, if there's it's... one thing that this remake has, there are some good ideas in this remake that you can tell in the script that they're doing. It's just that whether it's Snyder, whether it's the producers, or a mix of both, they're kind of... just not interested in trying to look at the satirical angle of that, or like the more interesting aspects of that Yeah, stuff. it just it's gets just... boiled out into yeah. kind
0: of, oh, let's look at the bullet points of what Gunn wrote for us. Yeah. Uh, okay, plot point here. Okay, we gotta have the baby scene. Yeah, cool. A zombie okay, baby. baby. Baby comes out. Cool.
1: We need a zombie birthing scene. Yeah. So not only do we get a zombie baby, we see how that zombie baby gets birthed and its graphic <laughs> And yeah. when you see the zombie baby, it is... Because I remember as a kid, like, when it got to that point, I was genuinely like, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't want to see that baby. I'm freaked out. So I could see people at theaters probably, like, they probably screamed when they pulled yeah. back and you see that it's a zombie baby. It is. But, the,
0: the scene is
1: gross, I guess, in, yes. afe-
0: in an effective way. But yeah. it's also, as gross as it, and morbid as it is, it's also just, like, it's hokey. Yeah. I feel like. Because it, it, it's not... I feel like that kind of scene, a birthing scene in a zombie movie, has to be carrying some sort of weight,
1: yeah, emotional weight, it's, or like
0: have some thematic meaning for sh- that character it in should, that moment. It should
1: hold the same weight that is in the original film when you find out that she's Fran, yeah. the, the, the only female in the four main characters, is pregnant. Yeah. And the three men surrounding her automatically, they don't think she's weaker, they don't think she can't help or can participate. But they're at that point just worried. They're like, "Oh yeah. boy!" The first conversation they have is about—it's a hard conversation. It's like, "Do you want me to abort it?" Yeah, because it's like again, bringing a baby into a zombie world is fucked up. Yeah, and I think in guns in guns' version, I can see like here we're going to show like Why? the aftermath of funny. like bringing in a baby in this world at the worst case scenario, yeah. which is your baby becomes a zombie at birth. Yeah, but and then it's, then it
0: yeah but there's nothing really done with it it's no. just kind of a scene that happens and yeah, then it's, it's over it's and then an, it's like it's, it's oh okay piece. we just had a zombie
1: baby yeah. scene it's it's a little it's a tiny set piece it's a, yeah. it's a lower budget set piece like yeah. most of most of this film can be brought can be put into like set piece chunks it's
0: like that, that scene in particular but several scenes throughout the movie are like you know, if you're going through a haunted house or, like, a yes. haunted exhibit and you mm-hmm. get to the section where it's like, oh, we're in a hospital now. Oh, Somebody's yeah. having surgery. And then you sit yeah. there and watch it and it's really gross and then you move on to the next part. That's what the baby scene is. It's,
1: yeah. oh, zombie baby. All oh, right, yeah. next scene. And there's also a part where, like, the the power goes out so they have to go into, like, the parking garage, basements. Yeah. And like, there's this whole section where like zombies just start coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. There's a cool amputee zombie that shows up, but oh, it doesn't God. make any sense as to how you didn't hear him before because he's he's climbing on pipes. Yeah, he's like, a
0: legless zombie who just mm-hmm. drops from the ceiling. Yeah,
1: I think he does. He no, he like yeah, he is climbing like a, a a kid on a monkey bar on these pipes, yeah. and then he falls on one of the uh, the shitty uh, <laughs> security guards Bart. I think it's his name Bart. Because there's three security guards. There's CJ, who's an asshole. And, you know, we've already discussed all the, his, his whole thing. There's mm. Bart, who's not redempti- non-redeemable. He is just a dumb piece of shit. Yeah. Who, like, has one of the funniest lines in the film, where, like, early on in the film, he's like, oh, you remember that chick from Dairy Queen? I was going to bang her tonight. And, like, <laughs> the other security guard is like, "You do you understand that, like, everyone you love is dead? Like, yeah. your mom, your brother, that fat chick from Dairy Queen. Like, all these people are dead now. And then Bart... Without any hesitation, goes, yeah, that sucks too. And that's all he does. (laughs) That's the end of the scene. Yeah, it's like in in the first film, like, oh my God, in the first film, there is a scene where Peter is like waiting for like a zombie from behind a door to come out and Mm -hmm. he finds out there are kids behind the door. And it's such a profound, like just a heart-wrenching scene when you see Peter have to mow down these kids Mm -hmm. and then Peter for... Like a decent minute just stands there in silence mm-hmm. and goes like Fuck <laughs> Like there's actual weight to killing these zombies because yeah. they used to be people. Not in not in the remake. Yeah. In the remake it's almost like, Oh, so this is where the worst part of The Walking Dead comes from where they just <laughs> all shoot headshots and yeah. there's no like contemplation about like there's yeah. just it's it's, it's one just of those, the faceless enemy kind Yeah. Of they're monsters. They they used to be humans, but that doesn't matter anymore. Right. Who cares the, about the, who, the only yeah.
0: time that dynamic is ever called into question is when a main character starts to become a zombie. And yes. like, oh, we have to kill her.
1: Yeah. There's one scene in particular where, like, they bring in this guy. He's a really sweet older man who has a daughter. And he got bit in the, on the hand. Mm. And Michael basically, like, well, basically Anna tells Michael, like, I've seen this happen. I've seen a bite in, of Colos personal, He's going to go. And so Michael immediately just says, like, well, we have to kill him then. And then for some reason, for some reason, I don't understand, Anna decides to go against Michael and call him a monster, even though Michael wants to be, just, wants it to be quick and easy and just, like, yeah.
0: respectable. Well, and she was the one who pointed out yeah.
1: the the issue in the first place. Yeah, so it's like, he's like, what are you going to do it, Michael? You're going to kill him in front of his daughter? And I'm like, Anna, what are you why, doing? Yeah, why are you why making him the into times? the bad guy? Yeah, and you're like, stop it. Anna, stop it. You told him this. Yeah. Like, later on, he's... He, like, the the guy who got bit, he's like, is it that bad? And Anna's like, I don't know. And then Michael goes, she's lying. <laughs> like, he... Like, Michael's like... He's like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, I want this man to have a death that is respectable and he can choose the way he wants to go out yeah. rather than become one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... <clears throat> like, it's like an earlier version and a shittier version of, like, in the first season of The Walking Dead, there's that one character... Who starts digging ditches because he got bit, and he starts going down this like harrowing path. And by the end, I think of the second to last episode, they just leave him on a tree with a gun and let him take himself if he wants to, or if he oh, wants yeah. to become a zombie. Like that's a good, respectable, well done moment that this could have been, but it happened so quickly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like Ving Rhames is just standing there with a shotgun, just waiting to blow his head off, yeah. and it just. It is
0: in comparison to the rest of the movie, one of the nicer, <clears throat> kind of quieter, yeah. moments that yeah. sort of takes its time with it. So it, it, it's nice in contrast, but like yeah, know, in comparison to like the original or Twenty Eight Days Later or whatever, mm-hmm. it's, it's very much like oh yeah, okay,
1: we're just it's like, going oh, through the motions. It's here. like oh, are you trying? And it's like yeah, we're trying, but like only kind of. We're, we're doing that because we want to get to the next shooty scene. Yeah. It's like yeah, I get that. I, it's fine. It's it's whatever. It's it's one of those things where. This movie, it, this movie is only frustrating if you care, and I just didn't. <laughs> like that's one of the reasons why I would say this isn't the worst film, the worst zombie film ever, or at least that bad of a film. Because like, for me personally, it ha- If it was really that bad, I would be more pissed off. But by the end of the film, I was just like. Yeah, it's it's the remake of Dawn of the Dead. It's gonna it's gonna die, and no one's gonna care that it ever existed because it really has nothing to say. Yeah, there, there are certainly
0: than... yeah, having nothing to say is kind of what kills it for me, but also what prevents it from being like more offensive or angering. Yeah, is that it's just oh, yeah. kind of there as a popcorn yeah. horror movie. It's it's and...
1: it's only annoying if you know where it came from like (laughs) if you know like the roots of this film was something so genuinely well done right that like
0: well or even its
1: superior competition you know yeah oh my god yeah or
0: 28 days i was gonna say 28
1: days later two years prior was so it's such a better film in general and has a better cast you know yeah or better performances i mean the cast in here is good they do well with what they're given. It's just not given they're much. They're not getting much. Um, that's the thing, too, is, like, I remember when I first saw the... When I initially saw it uh, years ago, probably when it was initially on DVD, uh, I liked Michael. I like mm-hmm. I like who Michael is supposed to be, but, like, now that I've seen who Michael is supposed to be a, uh, a, a version of, well, he's basically Steven. Yeah. He's a shittier Steven. Yeah. Uh, he, he's just... It just... You don't feel anything because this guy is... Every time this guy tries to do something he's either shat on or made fun of even yeah. though a lot of his ideas are not bad right like the fact that he's a tv salesman and yet he has the confidence to say like we should we should check all the exits yeah he we has make the sure. confidence
0: to act yeah. like he wants yeah. to be the leader yeah
1: which, and you know it's
0: ballsy but like
1: yeah it's it's also just a shame too that like he can't get too emotional or maybe his accent will come out more <laughs> yeah his, his accent bleeds through a lot it, which is yeah.
0: kind of in the first place but what made me think of tim roth because yeah i've seen tim roth in movies and i love tim roth but i've seen yeah, plenty of tim movies Roth's where he's great. doing an, an accent that's not his own and uh you, you, you can see you, it bleeding through but yeah michael's actor is constantly kind of yeah.
1: faltering on his american oh, accent it's just uh well, is, that, is there anything else we want to talk about with the film, or do we want to go into um, like box office stuff and like more fun facts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess my, my only kind of <clears throat> closing remark on the movie itself would be uh, there are definitely more intellectually offensive movies out there, uh, even <clears throat> in Snyder's filmography, especially yes. in Snyder's I guess that's
1: another reason why, because we when we watched it last night, we had a friend with us who was just bashing it saying it was horrible and just was like yeah. just so bad and but like i can't i personally can't feel that way because i know that there are actually worse films in his filmography yeah that are that are more offensive well personally yeah, and, and personally to me
0: yeah i mean i, I guess it, it's kind of a give and take for me because like those movies i'll just say now like batman v superman that i think are offensively bad yeah um there's a give and take there because I'm more angered by that movie than I am by Dawn of the Dead. I'm more frustrated. I feel like I wasted my time more. Yeah. But at the same time, it is more conceptually interesting and doing things or trying to do things yeah, uh, thematically. Is... And, and Dawn of the Dead is just very... It's an empty film. It's a hollow, just kind of blockbuster going through the motions. And that is in yeah. itself frustrating, but it's also like... You know what you're getting. Yeah, this you is know, literally grab a beer and some popcorn and just yeah be this done is, with it.
1: <laughs> this is the White Castle of zombie films in the 2000s. Yeah, when you get when you get this film, you know exactly what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Like you're not you're not even really anticipating more or less than what you're getting with this movie. Like if anything, since we're doing this because of Snyder himself, what this film shows is that Snyder can take the notes and the ideas from scripts and what producers want and come out with a film that's exactly what they want.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: Snyder is a capable, competent director that is shown in this film, and also a successful one, because we're going to transition into box office, baby. <laughs> All right, Andy, you saw, how much was this movie made on? Uh, 28 million, <laughs> It was 28 believe. million. Yeah. How much do you think this movie made? Don't look at how much.
0: Um, I'm going to, like, domestically? Like, overall. Do- oh, okay, worldwide. I don't know, uh.
1: Hundred, god damn, you are for someone who says you're not good at guessing. Oh. It's a little over a hundred and two. Okay, okay. Like worldwide, okay. it made a hundred and two million. Quadrupled its budget. It was in theaters for nearly three months, from Jeez. from March to June, apparently. Huh. And like it made its it made its its base budget back in its first weekend. Oh wow! And then like it just kept. I think it makes a little over twice as much domestically, and then just makes about as much if not a little bit more
0: worldwide. Yeah. I mean it, it's and yeah, it's, it's perfect timing. It's riding the yeah. new the new zombie craze of the mid 2000s mm-hmm. or early 2000s. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's even doing the like the yeah. the 28 days later style of zombies like they're fast now mm-hmm. and they scream and they're yeah. they're aggressive.
1: Also another tidbit is in the be- during the shower sex scene with Anna and her husband there's a Subaru commercial that shows up oh, right before yeah. the news bulletin. Who do you think directed that? Snyder? Yeah, that was a Snyder commercial. That was a. (laughs) Because again, very similar to Bay, Snyder was a big music video commercial guy. Yeah. And of of course, if you're like that and this is your directorial debut, you want a film that does this well. Mm -hmm. Because from this point forward, this is the only Snyder film that doesn't look like Snyder in some way. Yeah, it's very much
0: kind of pre Snyder aesthetic that we associate with all of his movies. The
1: amount of slow mo in this film is uh, like. Reserved, There's a couple To shots, a degree, but it's, yeah. but it's it's not as crazy as it'll ultimately get. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so this film was made on, like, $26, $28 million, million, Made 100 plus million overall. So it made its money back. It did exactly what Universal wanted. It, it kept building, because, like, from this point forward, you get, like, in a few years, I think in three years, you get Zombieland... Yeah. And a few and two years after that you get The Walking Dead, which mm-hmm. blows up even more. You get twenty eight
0: g- days sequel, or was that two thousand four as well?
1: No, the, that was uh two thousand twenty oh, weeks. Okay. With Rose Byrne and Jeremy Renner. Jeremy yeah, Renner. I think <laughs> that's how
0: Jeremy Renner probably got the hurt locker. Yeah,
1: and then like when you think the when you think the the craze might be dead, World War Z comes in oh, yeah. nearly I think almost ten years after the Dawn of the Dead yeah. remake and makes $200, 300 million worldwide. It yeah. made so much money. For some reason,
0: I was thinking, didn't that one though kind of spell the, the, spell out the fatigue of zombie movies? There it, was something it, about like, that, like they were thinking it would do better, or it didn't get received well critically.
1: It, it didn't do. Yeah, well, it's not a good movie. Well, I know, I, <laughs> I saw it, and it was it's yeah, very it mediocre. Yeah, yeah, it, it just like I think at that time it was like. I think I remember thinking when it came out, I was like, yeah. okay,
0: well, zombie movies are dying.
1: I think that was the last. <laughs> huge one yeah that last, was that was the la- that Brad was pit yeah and- that was the big bang of zombies in like the early 2010s when it would kind of flounder for a bit because i think that's when walking dead got bad pretty bad around yeah. that time too and that
0: would have been late high
1: school all right let's let's do some fun facts because okay. this, this movie is more fun when you talk about Honestly, everything it was- around it <laughs> and then also just the silly stuff uh first fun fact i didn't even have to look at this look at my thing well let's we'll deal with this The young security guard, uh, his name was Terry. He was played by Kevin Zegers. We both were like, "Who is this guy?" Oh yeah. Uh, He is the kid from Air Bud.
0: Yeah. He's the kid from
1: the first three Air Buds. Okay. Uh, Josh Fram, I think is what his kid name. So that was like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. So that was funny. Uh, Snyder shot this film chronologically yeah do you know why he did that no because he didn't know you're not supposed to do that (laughs) that's amazing so let me uh so for most films uh you can shoot chronologically but usually you shoot like what yeah you you basically plan out what the best time is for like what's the first shot you should do what's it cheaper for this like you plan it out snyder just assumed oh page one that should be day one of production so they shot Every scene, back to back to back, and he didn't know you're not that. That's not like the <laughs> well, studio. Yeah, because normally you're
0: like, yeah, you're juggling actor schedules and budgeting yeah. and <laughs> weather and everything, and he's just like, hey, I guess we'll just do he's it. Like, I don't
1: know. Uh, oh man, <laughs> that's this, that's this, just fun. That's just that so is, funny. That is
0: funny, but it, it's so clear in that this movie is like, I mean, really, I guess it's Zack Snyder's only really the only time he really is just trying to prove himself. As a feature filmmaker. Yeah. It's the yeah. only one that feels like, okay, he's just making this the way he's supposed to make it. And the, the rest of his movies are all, this is what I want this to do. This is what Snyder wants to do. He's yeah, like, yeah. This I, is my vision. I've,
1: I've done the studio per se film. Now I'm going to yeah. do the studio film that I want to yeah. do. Yeah. Now like, I get the money and I get yeah. what I want. Uh, this is one of the only films that isn't done by WB. This is a universal oh, yeah. film. Yeah. Most of his films are through WB. I don't know what the other one is. It might. It might be Sucker Punch or Guardians of Gahool. Maybe the other one that's not WB. Oh. Uh, probably Sucker Punch. I don't know. Um, let's see what we got. Oh, we also didn't... We didn't talk about it, but it's also very funny. There's two big music decisions that are made in this film that's quite funny. Like, oh, there is yeah. a... Like, they, they do use Down with the Sickness by Disturbed at the end, which honestly perfectly captures the era in this film yeah it's that but, nihilistic
0: yeah. gritty ending yeah. but
1: uh he uses early on in the film the opening he uses uh when the when the man yeah the man come around by johnny cash yeah which i don't actually hate that interpretation no, of no. uh but he also uses a jazzy cover by richard cheese of disturbs down with the sickness yeah so you get a jazz lounge version of "Down with the Sickness" yeah. before you get the actual song, and that's that's during and kind
0: of like a goofy montage of living in the mall. That's right? dur- yeah,
1: that's the living in the montage. Yeah, where living in like, the mall you know, montage. Like doing the
0: sign communication on the yes. rooftop to the guy at the gun store, which is the another street.
1: great idea. Having like somebody across the street in another building, yeah. and they can only communicate via like, like r- by riding on their dry ice uh, boards. And- but yeah, I mean, let's see. Uh, Nathan Fillion apparently auditioned for Michael. Oh. Uh, apparently, Diane Lane was in talks, or like was considered for Anna. Wow. Uh, which she would end up becoming Ma Kent in yeah. the later series. Uh, let's see, that's a better way to. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of references to the original in this. There are. Yeah. Uh, we have. Ken Foray, we have the the actor who plays Roger, Mm -hmm. we have Tom Savini, which is almost back-to-back-to-back, these references. Yeah, they're all right
0: toward the beginning, which I guess is Uh, kind of getting people on board, I guess. I don't know, if you're into the original. Yeah.
1: We also have... I mean, our friend called it the the, the helicopter from the original film shows yeah, up at the very for beginning. like a split second.
0: Presumably, to... it's like a news helicopter. Yeah, or something, it's a news it's news
1: helicopter with the same exact color palette and yeah. the color design. So obviously, it's that one. And uh, uh, oh,
0: the the trucks that in the original Peter and roger roger yeah, yeah. peter and the roger two drive yeah uh, they're driving trucks to like get supplies and block the doors yeah. and stuff they, those trucks or that that company of trucks shows yes. back up yeah it's like this bp transport i think company.
1: my favorite reference that i saw that i think is really cool is uh one of the stores in the mall is called galen ross oh, and that's yeah. the actress for fran yeah, from the original yeah, yeah. film so i think that was a cool little nod because uh I think both Fran and Steven were actors who weren't acting at the time anymore. I think they stopped like in the 80s, maybe 90s. Um, Let's see, what else do I got here? Uh, Yeah, budget was slashed. Let's see. There's some good
0: uh, blood fun facts. Um, Yes. they, They used like three or four different colors of blood to indicate like human... Fresh zombie, old zombie, been a zombie for a long time. So, like, like bright red blood was used for, like, humans, and then, like, a slightly darker red was used for, like, people who just turned into zombies, and then, like, you have this black, oily blood that was used in the squibs for, like, full on zombies.
1: It was some good shit. It was, it was, it was, that was, that was, again, the the effects in this film are great. Like, they they, they do exactly what what they're supposed to, especially for such a low budget. Yeah. Like, really. The worst looking effects are probably, like, there's an explosion in the finale. Oh, the, the and explosions the, and are the bad because
0: they're all digital and they feel very flat and 2D. I, I think
1: the CJ Redemptive one is, I think, entirely real. I think they do blow up the oh, truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the parking lot, yeah. yeah. But, like, all
0: like the one where he's, like, on the roof and he gets knocked back. Yes. That one's
1: yes. really <laughs> That looking. one is, like, that entire scene is, like, just green. Yeah. <laughs> like Like, they're just, they're just adding people, they're just adding stuff to it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's about all I had. I think we already talked about uh, James Gunn being the Scooby-Doo man and how he got death threats yeah. for doing this. And uh, but
0: I mean that was that was a different James Gunn. Honestly, I think Scooby-Doo yeah. was more out of James Gunn's usual circuit than than Dawn of the Dead was. Because yeah. he was kind of an edgy provocateur. Yeah. Filmmaker.
1: Oh God, yeah, he was. He was trauma. He, he was trauma. He, was, he, trauma. Was, he was a trauma guy. And like, yeah, and I but, think this is probably. Like this fits his wheelhouse
0: almost more better than Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo is a better movie, I think. But
1: yes, no, I agree with that. But I oh, think this absolutely. was
0: more, a, more apt or like more in line with what Gun is yeah. doing. Well, because I think
1: with Gunn's version of the first live action Scooby Doo film, it was like more of a closer R rated almost parody satire. Yeah, of, which is still it was kind like of s- dark parody. Which of, is still kind of there in the initial film, but it's now bit. sillier. Yeah. But uh, yeah this this is a uh, 2004's Down the Dead with Zack Snyder. I'm excited to get away from this. Uh, <laughs> yeah I again think, I think even if you know I, there are, there are other
0: Snyder movies we dislike more but I think yeah. they'll be more interesting to talk about That's true. than this one. Yeah
1: this one this one is if anything while I don't think it's his worst film I also think it's probably his most boring because yeah. it's, it's it's his first he doesn't have a visual style yet. He's working with a low budget, which I don't think he will ever again from this point work with a low budget like this. Sadly. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's 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 a hurdle that needed to get over. And the yeah. best part about this trilogy is that even even though we're doing three of his films, they're not connected. Yeah, they're
0: not related so, to each other other than yeah. really by Zack Snyder. Yeah,
1: so the next film we're doing is not going to be Dawn of the Dead 2 Snyder's Revenge. It's going to <laughs> I be, wish. Yeah, it's going to be a film I'm actually pretty excited to revisit, yeah. and that's 2007's 300. Yeah, adaptation that's next of
0: the one. Frank Miller comic yeah. or graphic novel. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's where we first really see Snyder's the Snyder aesthetic. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the, the first the, time the he's slow mo and the dreamy soft focus lighting. Yeah, it's it, the
1: first time he's given tools to play with. Everything is green screen. <laughs> Literally everything is green screen. It's uh yeah,
0: but yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that one.
1: Yeah, so if you're listening to this today, which is September, September 12th, 12th, the yeah. day after
0: 9/11, which is perfect. <laughs> For a post-9-11 era movie like Dawn of the Dead 2004, we are currently on a post-9-11 day.
1: How many times so did you think just about that? did you just say post-9-11 three times in a row? I hope I did. <laughs> I can maybe I, squeeze I just, another one in I, here before no, we go. I just love how, like, yeah, September 12th, that's supposed to be the joke, but then you just kept saying post-9-11, <laughs> post-9-11. It's like, oh, man, but yes... Uh, the 300 episode will be out on the 19th. Yes, and uh, hopefully we'll be more excited to talk about that. Yeah. So uh, I think final thoughts is don't see the new version or the latest version of Dawn of the Dead, but yeah. if you end up doing it, it's utterly forgettable. It's not yeah. the worst thing in the world. Yeah.
0: Grab a beer and some popcorn, or if you don't yeah. drink, grab a grab a good grab your favorite soda. Yeah. Just get and just, and just of...
1: get down with the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Oh, wha- uh, uh. <laughs> Until then, I'm Logan Sowan. I'm Andy Carr. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.